You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, serving you up quick news and analysis for Green Bay Packers fans. I'm joined by my friend Gil Martin, and my name is JJ Leahy. Gil's a writer for the SportsDaily.com and Cheesehead TV. And in addition to this podcast, I host the Daily Cheese Green Bay Packers News Update. We're here to talk Packers because we're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. And the football this week will be in Green Bay. The road to the playoffs does go through Lambeau Field and the Frozen Tundra. The L.A. Rams, after a 30-20 convincing win over the Seattle Seahawks, are coming to the great, beautiful state of Wisconsin. They're going to take on Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones with their own Aaron, Aaron Donald. Gil, talk to me about what you see as being the big keys here for this upcoming game. Wow, uh, so many keys to look at. I'm excited. I mean, playoff football, you wait all year for the chance to get there. And now we are just a couple of days away from the Packers starting this playoff journey. I mean, to me, it has to start with pass protection and making sure that Aaron Donald does not uh, disrupt Aaron Rodgers too much. And, uh, you know, to me, you got a an all pro like Corey Lindsley going up against Donald. I think they'll try to move Donald around a little bit, maybe try to get him on Lucas Patrick. But I think the Packers will double team Donald whenever possible with, you know, uh, Lindsley and then whichever guard who happens to be lined up on his side. I also wouldn't be surprised to see big dog uh, Mercedes Lewis come in and maybe chip at Donald on different plays with motion or depending on what the formation is. But uh, to me, that's the first matchup that you have to be aware of in this game. Man, I love it. Something else that the Packers could utilize and likely will is sprint passes. Run off to the right, have Rodgers loop back, all the O-line shifts to the right. That completely negates the effectiveness of that interior pass rush. And an added benefit there is that Rodgers is already outside the pocket meaning it's easier for him to get rid of the ball if he needs to. And something the Packers have going for them in this matchup is that the Rams' edge rushers are pretty subpar. Uh, Most of their dominant uh, D-line strength is on that interior with Mr. Aaron Donald. Um, We did have some late-breaking news right before we started recording the podcast on uh, Wednesday night. Because Jared Valdir, the uh, offensive tackle of the Packers, just claimed from the Colts, who we thought really had a high chance of starting this week, which would allow them to kick Billy Turner inside and replace Lucas Patrick, uh, Jared Valdir tested positive for COVID. Have to see if it is, in fact, a, a, a false positive, if he really does have it. The Packers did clear everyone else on their team from contact tracing. There's nobody going to have to go on the reserve list because of contact tracing. Uh, but Valdir, unfortunately, uh, under no circumstances will he be allowed to play on Saturday. 
Yeah, and look, two things that come out of this in my mind. Number one, we certainly wish Gerald Valdir a speedy and complete recovery. Hope this is not a serious case and hope that, you know, he can be okay and 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 be ready to resume hopefully playing football, but more importantly, his life. Uh, and then second, that, you know, he practiced with the team uh, one day. You got to hope that he did not uh, cause any of his teammates to be exposed and, and to catch COVID. I mean, the Packers have had a few COVID cases over the course of the season, but they've been very fortunate not to have any major outbreaks. And this would be the worst possible timing uh, to have COVID go through this locker room. Yeah, one um, other element that is going to rise from this is that Valdir was signed to the active roster. So since he has been placed on the COVID reserve list, they're back down to 52 guys. So Simon Stepniak was the guy that they um, had to move to make room for Valdir. They put him on IR. So I think it's probably unlikely that the Packers roll into this game with only 52 players plus their elevations. I think they're going to go ahead and make use of that open spot and call somebody up from the practice squad. Maybe even go with an outside guy. Uh, they did work out offensive tackle Andrew Donnell on Monday um, before they uh, claimed Jared Valdir likely as as backup in case the Valdir thing didn't work out. And in fact, looks like that isn't going to happen. So Donald might, depending on how his workout went, he might end up on the Packers roster as well. They clearly um, see offensive line, at least depth at the offensive line, as something they're concerned about. No question. And, and if you think about it, you know, you're missing your starting left tackle, you know that Rick Wagner is playing hurt if he's able to play. You've got, uh, you know, guys like Jenkins and Turner who can play any position. Corey Lindsley can't be 100% at this point, although certainly having the bye week may have helped him heal a little bit more. But there's a lot of injury question marks and continuity question marks, and I don't think they're quite ready to let, you know, John Runyon start a playoff game unless they absolutely have no choice. So, yeah, there are depth concerns right now on the O-line. Otherwise, Valdir wouldn't have been signed in the first place. On the Rams side, uh, Aaron Donald has not practiced all week. I think it's likely he won't practice at all this week, but will play. Um, Donald said he feels fine and that he's trending in the right direction. I think they probably give him in that rib injury the whole week to just rest and recuperate. Uh, O-lineman David Edwards has not practiced all week. Cooper Cup, wide receiver, star wide receiver. This is this is the most important receiver on their offense. When, when he is not on the field or when he is covered up, the rest of their offense does not work as well. Uh, also has not practiced all week. He has a knee injury. I would say Aaron Donald I have at about a 95 or higher uh, percent chance to play. Cooper Cup, I'm thinking more like 60-70% chance that he plays. Uh, Terrell Lewis, outside linebacker, also not practicing all week. John Wolford, neck injury, not practicing. Jared Goff probably is going to be the starting quarterback uh, for the Rams this week, I would assume. And we have um, probably a, a, a better shot um, if Goff is the quarterback because he does not play well in cold weather. We went through uh, 
last week or, or two weeks ago, went through the cold weather breakdowns of all these playoff teams. The Packers are 4-0 and at home since 2004 in playoff games against uh, warm weather or dome teams and 11-2 and overall in, in, in those such, such a games. But at home, they're 4-0. Goff from sunny California, who has never done well in cold weather games, I, I like our odds against him. I do, too. And then, of course, you have the injury to his uh, thumb on his throwing hand, which certainly isn't helping. Look, they they put up 30 points last week against a mediocre Seattle defense. Only 23 of those points scored by the offense. I don't think that the L.A. Rams can beat the Green Bay Packers by throwing the ball 30, 35 times. And, you know, I, I almost would treat Jared Goff like the Packers tend to treat Mitch Trubisky, let him try to beat us because I don't think he can. Yeah, beat us throwing to anybody but Cooper Cup. So yeah. <laughs> don't let them run the ball. Don't let them throw it to Cooper Cup. Um, yeah, he he's certainly a liability. And in that Seahawks game, he had some of his releases weren't great. Uh, the the ball came out awkwardly sometimes because of that that thumb injury. The I I'll tell you what, Gil. <clears throat> Packers special teams uh, versus Rams special teams. Now the Rams don't have a great special teams, but the, but they're they're better than the Packers. I I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this: there is relatively realistic odds that the Rams special teams and defense together put as many points on the board as the Rams offense does, and and that says a lot more about the my opinion of the Rams offense than it does anything else. Well, look, the Rams offense, if they're going to be successful against the Packers, they're going to have to run the football and run it consistently. And, you know, we have talked for more than just one season about the Packers run defense. It's obviously been an issue for some time. Now, they've done a much better job in the last six, seven games of the season, winning those final six. Uh of defending the run. And we saw what they did against Derrick Henry. I think that having both Kamal Martin, Chris Barnes, and and then you add Christian Kirksey in there, uh, that's helped a healthy Kenny Clark has helped you add snacks Harrison now for the playoffs. Uh, You know, Mike Pettin showed when he faced a team like the Titans that relies on the run, that he can make adjustments, come out with a different formation than playing against a team that has a great passing game. I think he's got to do something similar to contain Cam Akers and make sure that the Rams don't run the ball for, you know, splash plays, big gains, and keep moving the sticks. Akers went over 100 yards last week against Seattle. They've got to hold him to less than that, uh, unless it's one of those situations like with Derrick Henry where he got close to 100 yards, but most of them happened after the game was already decided. There's a difference, too, with the the current 2020 Rams and the Titans and the Saints. The Rams, I think, run out of necessity because they can't pass very well. The Titans like to run because they're so darn good at it. The Saints like to run because they're so darn good at it. If we play the Saints next week... I will have much bigger concerns about the run defense than I do this week. This week, my my biggest concern is more so if we are letting them run well early 
then their offense can keep them in the game. Um, if, if we're able to shut the run down early, I think we can shut the pass down early as well because of that and uh, build up a, a, a decent lead. And a lot of, um, you know, a lot of attention has been paid this this past week to the stat about the the Rams being 37 and 0 when leading at halftime. Well, they are they don't do so well when they are um trailing at halftime. Uh, certainly not as well as the Packers do. The Packers are are roughly about dead even when they're when they're trailing at halftime. I think it's uh, 5 and 5 in the LaFleur era, I I want to say. So the Packers clearly have a a bigger ability to come back in the second half if they're down than the Rams do. No question, and that's because Green Bay has a superior passing attack than than what the Rams have to offer. And look, you know, look, Jared Goff took the Rams to the Super Bowl a couple of years back, but he really hasn't been the same quarterback since. Now he's hurt, and you know, I I think you have uh a key matchup here, you know, you mentioned Cooper cup and he's not a hundred percent. Does Jair Alexander cover cup? Does he cover Robert Woods? Do they mostly go zone? Uh, I, I think you're, you're looking at a situation where how the defense approaches those receivers, because those receivers are quality receivers. Uh, that's going to be an important component of this game as well. I think one of the big keys to victory this week is going to be the Packers defense playing well in the first half because the Packers offense, I think if they, if they do get down, the Packers offense is a big enough shovel to dig them out of that hole. If need be, as long as it doesn't get too out of hand in the first half, which is what we saw against the 49ers twice last year, what we saw against the Buccaneers um, there just are times when our offense gets shut down and they are dormant, they're out of rhythm, and you might go four, five, six possessions in a row without putting any points on the board. The, our offense has the capability to do that. If the defense lets this pretty pathetic Rams offense put up enough points um, that the Packers have a hard time uh, the Packers offense has a hard time digging them out of that's going to hurt if the defense plays their game well. And, and, and I, I really think that the Packers defense is far superior to the Rams offense. If they play their game well and they can keep any damage to a minimal, eventually the Packers offense is going to get going against this Rams defense. You can't, you can't shut them down forever. Well, look, the Rams defense yardage wise and uh, scoring wise rather is is number one in the league. Packers offense scoring wise is number one in the league. So that's a great matchup. And I, I think that the Packers have to be patient. I think, you know, there's a lot of talk right now uh, about the matchup between uh, Jalen Ramsey, the all pro cornerback of the L.A. Rams and and Devontae Adams, the all-pro wide receiver of the Green Bay Packers. And these are two of the best at their respective positions, probably going head-to-head. And look, you know, there have been a couple of games where this year where Adams has either been unavailable or where teams dedicated themselves to limiting him. And I think about the Jacksonville game where, 
Yeah, he got his catches, but the yards just weren't there, and the Packers' offense had trouble making that adjustment. It is going to be important for Aaron Rodgers to involve guys like Robert Tunyon, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, throwing to Jamal Williams and to Aaron Jones, and really mixing it up a little bit. Yeah, Devontae is going to be the focal point. He'll still get more uh, targets than any other receiver, and he's an important, vital part of this offense. But they can't just rely on Devontae, and they have to spread that ball around enough. Uh, And someone who is not Devontae Adams is going to have to make some key contributions, I think, on the receiving end against L.A., on Saturday. I couldn't agree more. And I, I want to pitch an idea to you. So Devante and MVS are one of the uh, bigger roles that they can play for us here is just taking some defensive players off the field, taking them out of um, taking them out of the equation. I want to pitch to you an idea. Aaron Jones has been, not been involved much in the passing game at all over most of this season. You remember last year when we were missing Devonte for four games there, Aaron Jones was our number one receiver and all last year. He, I mean, he, he led the, he led the league, uh, all running backs in receiving touchdowns last year. Uh, this year we saw in week two, he, uh, against the lions, he was playing phenomenal, uh, a phenomenal game as a receiver, making some really, really impressive catches, even for a wide receiver. We have not seen him hardly at all in the passing game since then. And I want to pitch, first of all, I I wonder if that has been intentional. I wonder if, if LaFleur has kind of gotten away from that a bit so that he can kind of have it in his back pocket. So it's not really on, on tape that much. Defenses aren't really preparing for it. And I also want to throw out there that even if that's not the case and they're just looking for ways they can attack this Rams defense, the Rams linebackers, especially in coverage, are a weakness. The Packers are, are going to need to attack the flats, partly because the, the way the Rams play defense is very similar to the way the Packers play defense in that they are willing to concede the flats. Okay, you can pick up the first down, but we're not going to let you take these deep shots downfield and make a big play especially down the red, in the red zone, th- those flats do get conceded. Part of that is by, you know, just, just priority where we, you know, we are more uh, prioritizing the perimeter and, and deep downfield. Also, I think there is a, a bit of a lack of ability on the pack on the Rams linebackers part to be able to cover those flats and, and, and cover uh, a running back in the passing game. You remember last year when, when Aaron Jones was so lethal in the passing game, something we talked about a lot was that opposing defenses needed to adjust and put DBs on Aaron Jones because linebackers couldn't keep up with him. Well, here we're going up against uh, some subpar linebackers. This is a key matchup that if the Packers are smart, they're going to make use of, uh, of attacking that. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, you got two different running backs who really could play a big role in the passing game. And you have Aaron Jones, who is more of a game breaker, where anytime he touches the ball, especially if you get him the ball in space, he is a threat to break a long play. And then you have Jamal Williams, who is a better blocker uh, as far as pass protection is concerned. And he's a, a more reliable outlet receiver. 
either one of them, I think, can play a big part. Now, again, I think you can create mismatches. I think you're absolutely right. Aaron Jones can probably break some big plays as a result of some of the mismatches against those Rams linebackers. But don't underestimate uh, Jamal Williams picking up some key first downs on checkdowns and Robert Tunyon getting some key uh, pickups. Also, you know, underneath stuff that, you know, maybe you gained six yards on first and 10 or on second and eight and, and just, you know, keep the ball moving, keep the chains moving and, you know, just keep getting points on the board. And I I think quite honestly, it will be difficult for the Rams to top 24 points in this game uh, with the offense being the way they are, unless the Packers turn the ball over or make as we've talked about so many times, some special teams mistakes that give LA a very short field. And, you know, they can't self-destruct. And what do we talk about on special teams first to do no harm? Please guys, you know, it's like, please let's just uh, come out with a decent performance on special teams and do no harm on Saturday. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, Offensively. I don't think the Rams are going to be able to put put it more than, than, you know, low teens points. Special teams, um, maybe on defense they could get a turnover. The Rams, the Rams give away the ball a lot on offense as well. Uh, okay, of the four NFC playoff teams, the Rams have the worst turnover differential. They have relatively comparable um, defensive takeaways to the Packers. Um, not quite as good as the Buccaneers and the Saints. Uh, the, the Packers have the fewest takeaways on defense, but all, but all, all four teams are, are pretty close. The The Saints are in the lead at 18 interceptions, eight fumbles, and the Buccaneers at 15 interceptions, 10 fumbles. The Rams are at 14 interceptions and eight fumbles, and the Packers bring up the rear, still pretty close at 11 interceptions and seven fumbles. That's what their defenses are generating. Offensively, there is there are two teams that are do really well. They don't turn over the ball very much, and then there's two teams that do it a lot. The Saints have only um Drew Brees has only had eight interceptions. They've only had nine fumbles. The Packers are at five interceptions and six fumbles. They really protect the ball well. The Buccaneers have twelve interceptions and five fumbles. Definitely worse territory than the other two. And the Rams are a clear outlier here at 14 interceptions. That's that's by far the most of them and 11 fumbles. The Packers defense needs to take the ball away because this is an offense that is practically giving it away. <laughs> so, um, and, and like you said, special teams is going to be an issue. A, a blocked kick, uh, you know, extra point or, or or a field goal is a very real possibility, especially because we are getting so thin at um, O linemen that when it comes to the uh, uh, kicking formation for for an extra point, you have Tyler Lancaster out there. We've talked about this in the past. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't he just doesn't play as well as as the other guys, and he's definitely going to be out there. He is a liability. Oren Burks, massive liability. He he does not uh, block well. He doesn't cover well. Special teams. I I think if I'm coming up with my, with my game plan here, I'm I'm kind of baking into the cake that 
I think this Packers special teams will give up seven points. And I think that you need to plan for your offense and defense to cover up for at least seven points mistake by special teams. Yeah, I think that, look, it's important. Special teams cannot lose this game. And, you know, I I don't think they will. I mean, the, the Packers are fortunate that the Rams return game is not, they, they don't have uh, a guy with a very dangerous reputation where he's a game-breaking return specialist on this roster. Uh, but they still can't allow that block kick, that big return, can't give a handicapped Rams offense more chances because special because of special teams breakdowns. That being said, I mean, if you look at these two rosters top to bottom, the Packers are the better team, and they should be able to, you know, find ways to to solidify this game on both sides of the ball and get the job done. We're running out of time here, but I want to give a couple keys here from just stuff we've seen on film. First of all, if you can keep Jared Goff in the pocket, this is this is going to be big for Zadarius and Preston. They have to set the edge. They can't let him... Uh, roll out to the side, keep him in the pocket. He's extremely vulnerable. If he is able to get outside the pocket, uh, you, you head into you know a, a, a sprint pass look, do something like roll tunnel where you have a uh, have the receiver run forward a couple yards and then run back underneath, back to the line of scrimmage and 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 catch a pass and then take it forward. They get a lot of yards um, after the catch there, break it for some big gains. You can't let that happen. Keep Jared Goff in the pocket. He performs much worse, much worse in the pocket. Also, we talked about those linebackers. They're not great in in um, passing defense. You can get them into conflict pretty easily as long as you are willing to um, dedicate some resources to doing that. Uh, you can run some snags, crossers, mesh concepts, Mm-hmm. Get Aaron Jones involved. Get Jamal Williams involved. The other thing is that the Rams linebackers can be very deadly against the run. Can be. If you spread, if you offensively, if you spread it out and then condense it, and you can bring a guy like Lazard in, to, uh, in motion to, to lead block. He's extremely physical, very good at lead blocking. Yep. Get those guys into com- conflict, make them second guess a bit. All of a sudden, you take away those linebackers' biggest strength in run defense, and that is their ability to swarm. They are very fast. They swarm to the ball really quickly. That is something that has been a big issue for the Packers' uh, run game over the last two years is linebackers who can swarm like that. Well, this is how you beat them. So... If you make them hesitate for a second, if you if you use motion, uh, if if you you spread it out and condense it, get them to bite in the wrong direction and then hurt them elsewhere. You're going to make them second guess, make them have to pause for a second and consider whether they're going to go all in on their first read. That is going to be your number one key to keeping the run game profitable. And, and therefore keeping play action pos- uh, pl- profitable for the Packers. Yeah. And look on defense, he who hesitates is lost and you 
cannot if you can get your the other team's defenders to think to pause you know you you give Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams or Marquez Valdez uh, Scantling one step where where you know a defender goes the wrong way or hesitates or or moves in the wrong direction you know you don't think Aaron Rodgers couldn't take advantage of that I mean that that's an open invitation to success one final thought here uh the the Buccaneers, my friend Coach Hahn said the Buccaneers are the great value brand of the Rams defense. If we can overcome the Rams defense, and I think we can, we can overcome the Buccaneers. We've been saying all year that what happened in the Buccaneers game was self-inflicted, that uh, it, there was a massive failure and a breakdown all across the Packers, and that the, that the Buccaneers, although they are a – defense with some talent and that they can do some things to you defensively. They can be beaten. They're not as good as the Packers. I firmly believe that we, we, we have been kind of hyping them up as kind of the boogeyman. If they do beat the saints, I think the Packers can take the, their successes against the Rams and carry it in against the Buccaneers who try to do very similar things and just don't have as talented of players as the Rams do. Yeah, I, I think that that's true. But let's get past the Rams first. We'll worry about who we face in the next uh, in the next game when we get to the next game. And you know, I wouldn't mind seeing either team. I would love to get revenge on the Bucks if if we get to face them. And you know, ending Drew Brees' career, which is rumored he's going <laughs> to retire after this year, uh, wouldn't bother me either. So uh, you know, but first things first, let's take care of the L.A. Rams. Big game, run defense will be important, protecting Rodgers will be important, and 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 I think running the ball, was, which is something we haven't talked a lot about, I think that Can we will... get A.J. Dillon involved again, please? Yeah, please. I, you know what? <laughs> I don't think we're going to see a lot of A.J. I think we'll see him once or twice, but I think we'll see a lot more of uh, Aaron and Jamal than we will of, uh, of A.J. Okay, Gil, our debate question of the week. Who should be the defensive MVP for the Green Bay Packers in the 2020 season? I got my guy. I feel confident. Okay. I'm taking Adrian Amos. Adrian is a guy. He has played very well this year. But we're talking MVP, most valuable guy. What is the number one thing that he brings to the table? It's the ability to elevate the rest of the players on the defense. You guys have really enjoyed watching Darnell Savage go off and remind you of Nick Collins, get all these beautiful interceptions, make these big plays. Well, it's only possible because of Adrian Amos. Darnell has the freedom to go up and play more loose, go go after the ball, be ball, be a ball hawk, try and get those big plays because Adrian Amos is quietly working his butt off. And he's, uh, he's elevating other guys like Jair. He's also extremely present in the opposing offense's backfield. Amos comes flying in and shuts down run plays. He's walloping uh, receivers right at the line of scrimmage when they when they catch the ball. Saint, uh, Adrian Amos plays his heart out, and he elevates everybody else, and he lets them go get all the fancy stats. That's why in 2020, my MVP, defensive MVP for the Packers, has to be Adrian Amos. I think Adrian Amos has been a great player, especially the last half of the year. But to me, the guy who is the MVP of this defense is Jair Alexander. 
Pro Football Focus has had him either first or second among cornerbacks. And what he allows this defense to do is basically he takes away one of the opposing team's biggest weapons at receiver. We have seen Jair shut down so many great receivers over the course of the season, and that allows Mike Pettin to make so many other things happen, whether it's sending someone from the secondary on a, on a safety or corner blitz or a lineba- an extra linebacker out there, whether it's uh, devising a scheme where you know, hey, I don't have to worry about this side of the field, so how do I help Kevin King uh, or, or Chandon Sullivan on the other side of the field because you know that Jair Alexander has everything locked down. In addition, Jair Alexander, his personality, his confidence, he helps make this defense shine and makes helps them believe in themselves and takes them to another level because of the way he handles himself on the football field and off. So to me, the best player on the defense this year is Jair Alexander and having a shutdown corner in 2020 in the NFL, which is a passing league. Uh, you take away one receiver for most of the game that has a lot of value. I can't imagine where the Packers defense would be without Jair Alexander on one side of the, uh, of the field. All right, fans head on over to Twitter. Check out, my Twitter page, twitter.com slash JJ Leahy, L-A-H-E-Y. I'm going to tweet out a poll. You can vote on who you think has the better argument here. Is it Gil or me? That's it for today. We'll be right here next week. Follow us on Twitter. That is at Gil Packers for Gil and at JJ Leahy for myself. To stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions, make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, when we will hopefully still be alive in the playoffs, Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Dot com.